Hi, I'm Rick Hoberg. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles. Read them all. You're listening to the Crusader Chronicles episode 48, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 192 and Daffy Duck number 121 from February 1979. Welcome to the 48th episode of Crusader Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issue or issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way, talking about them with my friends. And speaking about my friends, let's go and see who's here with me today. We have Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death I'm dead. Oh, <laughs> I died for the show, man. You couldn't even make it. <laughs> I was just pretending to be. Oh, I got duped again. Adult. <laughs> I'm such a fathead. <laughs> pork face, sweet lips, <laughs> chuckling fathead. Sweet of, chuckles, dolt. <laughs> I'm definitely working glibbed tongued dolt into my lexicon for the week. Someone's <laughs> getting called a glib tongued dolt this week. Ooh, I wonder who it would be. That's would be a special moment when that happens. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. My guess is Jordan. <laughs> Odds are good. Well, joining us as well is Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrick, a.k.a. Well, Weasel Skull. <laughs> weasel Skull. Yeah, just, just Weasel Skull. Just Weasel Skull, Your Honor. Just Skull, Your Honor. <laughs> well, <coughs> my plan's almost to fruition. <laughs> if I can just hold out till the end of the show. I have a three-link bomb because I got, I got griefs against all three of you. Oh, so no. you're all three in this what? triangle of death. That's right. Delvin, put your hand in this. Pat, put your hand in this. Jared, put your hand in this. <laughs> Some reason, I don't know how long I got, but I'm going to give you 24 hours. Makes sense to me. <laughs> so if I don't have to put my hand in it, right? Please put your hand in it. I'm a blind man. <laughs> oh, sit you ass. Okay. We'll see. Everybody put your hand in. Let's put our hands in. And we'll see if we'll get through this episode and if we can figure it out how to undo it at the end of the show. I will put my hand in. But only if everyone dips. Well, I thought maybe we'd just put your left hand in, and then we'll put our left hand out. We'll put our left hand in, and then we can kind of shake it all about. Yeah, I'm with Delvin. I put the hand on the hip. Oh. And when I dip, you dip. We dip. Yeah. Okay, I'll bring the salsa. <laughs> or do you like guac? Oh, I make a mean guac and bean. I just uh, <laughs> glib tongue dolt. Dolt. Oh, <laughs> didn't take long at all. Such a fathead. <laughs> Done for the week. <laughs> Got that out. Oh, early. that means I won. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, let's see. Delvin the Dark Web Williams is here with us as well. 
Look, I'm glad to be here, Pat. And finally, finally, I get to air out some grievances about Jared because he's not at all chained to my arm or anything like that. <sighs> all right, let me start. I don't like him. He's he, he's he's just stupid. He's, he's got a funny face. He's not here, right? Like he's not chained to my arm. That's that's not a thing. I'm, no, I'm literally right next to you. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, then, uh, yay capitalism. <laughs> Jared's a great guy. Uh, what, what were we talking about? The guacamole bean dip that I can bring ah, for yes. the, mm, when I, we dip. I, I you dip. Chips. Yes. We all dip. All right. Exactly. You know, who's bringing the chips? My yeah. plan is more entertaining than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. You know what? I'll, let me just get a hold of, I'm going to call Mary Jane. She was out and about. Speaking of freak nasty. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> it is Cliff's night. Yeah. It is Cliff's night. I'll see if Mary Jane can get us some chips for later on. Freak Nasty sang the dip song. Yeah. That's yep. the kid. Freak Nasty. Right. Make sure everybody got that. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even I get it. that. I don't remember that. That's, that's, that's good. Yeah. Well, speaking about Freak Nasty, let's find out who's Freak Fancy with Jarrett Albrick, the Yard Sailors. Tell us how fancy you are, Jarrett. I am extremely fancy, and I earned this level of fanciness by getting my comic books hardbound from the good people at OmahaBound.com. Now, by the time this episode airs, I don't think they're going to be taking any more hardbinding orders for the next calendar year. They recently posted on Twitter a picture. You see that picture of all those boxes they got? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> they announced that they were going to yep. take a year off from binding, but you know they take anything up to the end of the month, and they got inundated. So even though you can't send your comics in now, start planning now. Okay, you got a year to plan which issues you want to get bound and keep checking their website, omahabound.com. They got a lot of fun and interesting Kickstarters coming up, I think, this year. You're not going to want to miss it. And you can still purchase ready-made books of hard-to-find comics. So definitely check it out, omahabound.com. Be fancy like me. Thank you, sir, fancy. You're fancy. You're fancy. It's a fancy one. All right, well, that fanciness out of the way. Let's go ahead and get started with this episode's issue. But before we do that, let's take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. There was an idea. To bring together a group of remarkable people. To see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could make the podcasts. That they never could. In time... You will know what it is like to cross over. To feel so desperately that the comic is right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it. Run from it. March 2021 still arrives. Evacuate the network. Engage all defenses. And get this man a cold Mountain Dew. Ooh, cold Mountain Dew. I haven't tried one of those. Nah, nah, nah. 
make it warm. Thank you. Fun isn't something one considers when podcasting an event. But this <laughs> does put a smile on my face. you guys the merry marvel marching society we don't know where we're going but we're on the way a podcasting crossover mega event in the spirit of jl may coming in march 2021 covering marvel's fall crossover event axe of vengeance. A cabal of evil threatens the Avengers and the entire Marvel Universe. Doctor Doom, the Red Skull, Kingpin, Doctor Doom, Magneto, the Wizard, Doctor Doom, the Mandarin, and Doctor Doom have banded together to pit Earth's mightiest heroes against foes they have never faced before. An array of heroes face enemies they are totally unfamiliar with. But who is secretly pulling the vengeful cabal's strings? And can the Avengers take down the true mastermind before his hidden scheme succeeds? Featuring podcasts from Third Degree Burn, Back to the Bins, Avenger Spotlight, Coffee and Comics, Comic Book Time Machine, Doom Speak, Fan Holes Podcast, Fire and Water Podcast Network, Head Speaks, Into the Weird, Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast, Longbox Crusade, Married with Comics, The Quantum Cast, Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast, Rolled Spine podcasts, and Views from the Longbox. Marching its way to your favorite podcatchers and hosting sites in 2021. Act of Vengeance, a true story. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode, and it's Amazing Spider-Man number 192. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comic website. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of May 1979, but its on-sale date was February 6, 1979. Cover price, just 40 cents. Editor and writer was Marv Wolfman. Oh! Wait, wait, wait. It's not still only 35 cents. No, no. no. They didn't change it. (laughs) They duped. You know, they were going to do that. Still only 35 (laughs) cents. They always do that before they just Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Always. It's all about that nickel. Who's on the nickel? Jefferson, Uh isn't it? It's all about the Jeffersons, baby. (laughs) Uh Penciler is Keith Pollard. Anchor is Jim Mooney. Letterer is Diana Albers. And colorist is the one, the only, color my bad colorist, Glennis Ween. At least one of them is still around. Yeah. I know. It's good to see that, you know. It is. 
Never leave, Glennis. Never no, leave. No. Well, you can read along with us in the Essential Spider-Man Volume 9 trade paperback or also on Marvel Unlimited. Cover credits go to penciler Keith Pollard and inker Bob McCloud of the Inking McClouds. And speaking about covers, let's get a cover description from Jared. All right, boys, I guess I'll do this one off the cuff. That's a primer. <laughs> oh, boy. The Marvel Comics group banner is fled. I mean, red with black letters. The Amazing Spider-Man logo is yellow with red highlights. Red and yellow like Irons Man. And it's all linked tightly to the cover with webs. The main action depicts Spider-Man and J. Jonah Jameson handcuffed together in Spencer Smythe's lab with Smythe looking on. Our favorite wall crawler says, Smythe, what have you done to us? And Spidey is shackled with Smythe's response. I've locked you to that bomb, fool, and it's primed to blow in 24 hours. The cover box reads, 24 hours till doomsday. Jason, your Spider-Man, Delvin, your Smythe, Pat, J. Jonah Jameson. Go! Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, here, blubberhead. Oh, yeah, you guys are going to buy the form this time. Why am I tied to him? <laughs> yes. God, I, mean, I might buy the form first, him. but you're definitely yeah, buying it afterwards. How much eat? God, I got to see you in hell. I'm a rich guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you eat rich food, obviously. <laughs> All right. I even added the timer countdown sound effect there. That was well done, everyone. That was, pretty, that was like a really good synopsis of the book, by the way. It was. Good job, everybody. I'm still waiting for Marvel to call us to include these, you know, audio covers. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Waiting by our phones, waiting for that phone to ring. Yep. LBC comic blurbs. I mean, they're digital now, right? Yeah. Why couldn't you just click a little audio icon while you're looking at the cover and hear our Mm -hmm. dramatic readings? Exactly. It's right there. Money Mm -hmm. in the bank. Mm -hmm. Printing press for Marvel right there. I mean, besides Disney. But like this will be like a secondary. That's right. Somebody get Jim Shooter on the phone. Yeah. I might have been out of comics for a while. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if anybody's really interested, we could do that for you. You would just need to send $10 to the Patreon account for LBC crew, and we will give you a quick cover blurb for, you know, your birthday parties, your bar Mm -hmm. mitzvahs, your thank you for getting married, your... Yeah, All that stuff need. going on. Yeah, we could do it for you. Absolutely. Isn't that what happened to the Ghostbusters in Ghostbusters 2? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> beginning. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were throwing parties for a bunch of children. Who are you going to call? Even. Even. <laughs> All right. Well, that cover description out of the way. Let's go ahead and move on here to some quick cover thoughts. And we will start with Delvin. Good cover. I am always, I'm rooting for Keith Pollard. I don't think Keith Pollard is one of the more well-known Amazing Spider-Man artists, but he was an artist on Amazing Spider-Man, the flagship title, and that deserves credit, damn it. And for the sake of this cover, he wasn't given a ton to work with, I would say. I mean, because, spoiler, Fly is going to be a next issue, too, so they didn't want to have two covers with the Fly on it, so they wanted to feature Spencer Smythe who isn't super dynamic. So you had to give Spider-Man a pretty cool pose, which I think they did, and then accurately portray the book, which they did. And Mm -hmm. I think that if you are a casual Spider-Man fan and you see this, you might want to see how Spidey gets out of being tied together with a bomb because he's not only has himself to think about, but he has Jonah. So good cover. I will pass it to Jason. Yeah, I agree with you, Delvin. I think this is a good, solid cover. 
obviously we don't really have an A-list villain there in Smythe, but it is interesting. And I think as a casual Spider-Man reader, just to see Spider-Man chained to J. Jonah Jameson there makes you interested and want to pick it up. And when you also add in the fact that this whole issue, even though it's a continuation, the cover along with the content inside, which we'll get to shortly, it does a really good job of capturing the events up to this point. So you can jump onto this book and not be lost. You can enjoy the yep. book. And I think the cover really helps service the story. So yeah, I, I like it. That. Yep. And hey, uh, what, what do you mean? I can't, you can't see that the Smythe is rocking that green kind of lab, kind of a evil doctor look there. That, yeah, that, the that green. green, yeah, that, what kind of green would you say? Is that like a lime green or yeah, is that? Yeah, it's pretty lime green. Yeah. yeah. That's a bold statement, man. Mm-hmm. And he like gold plated that floor. You know, for a sick man, he buffed the hell out of that floor, man. His office is looking like. Well, you knew we were going to have some guests. <laughs> it's a lesser known Spider Slayer attachment. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, as a, as a former non-commissioned <laughs> officer, I approve, man. That guy's uh, got his barracks on lock. It's good. Yeah, Smythe was making Roombas before Roombas was cool. <laughs> That's right. It's a Roomba, and it tries to kill Spider-Man. <laughs> anyway, I will pass it on to Jared. Yeah, this cover is quite interesting because it's not particularly dynamic, but it is engaging. This is like, uh, you know, gray shades of vocabulary episode, but Delvin and Jason are right. The hook is the situation. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to see how this plays out. Two guys that don't like each other chained together against the third bad guy. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Artistically, it's good. The machinery is done really well. The little icy on the cake I like on this one, aside from the things you guys already pointed out, I like the black background with the white webs. I think it was a cool little pop there for the webs, and I dig it. What about I you, I like Pat? it, too. Right. I, I agree with you, too. That's one of my top thing that I have on my list of when I wrote down about this cover is I like the background, the gray background with the equipment around it. And, of course, the white spider webs on that cover really makes that pop really cool. Makes me feel bad for Bob McCloud because uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I ink comics and inking machinery like that. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he did a great job. Yeah, he did. But he's Bob he McCloud did. of the Inking Clan, McCloud. McCloud, yeah. Very true. There can be only, is it two or three? Or? Eh, depends on if you're in a time crunch. You may need another inker. So. <laughs> you might need another McCloud. But no, that yeah. could only be one, yeah. man. <laughs> I also enjoy the art on this as well. And like you guys said, engaging. I have a, written down that I, I got a sense of wanting to know what's going to happen in this one. So I want to open it up and start reading it right away. You know what you got to do, Jared, if you have those tight turnaround deadlines? You got to rely on the quick inking, inking, quick inking. The, the quick inking. Yeah, I can't even say it, but I, I see where the joke is coming. Yeah, I kind of I kind of screwed it up in the punchline. <laughs> oh. It, it was funny in my head. Uh, I, but I, the joke got through. It's pretty funny in actuality because, like, you can see, like, Jared finishing that last stroke and just going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> works on two levels. <laughs> <laughs> he just splattered with ink and just all over. Saying, yeah. <laughs> working I feel the stag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Highlander jokes. Two people are going to get it. 
All right. Well, with the cover description and thoughts out of the way, let's get to our cover ratings. And we have a one through five rating here on the LBC, Crusader Chronicles. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tumby feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Jason, one through five. Yeah, this one's a tough one for me. I liked it a little more than a three, but I can't really bump it to a four. So I'll I'll just, I'll land on a three. Uh, I'll say three plus. Jared? That's <laughs> 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 a three. It's a three. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying. Because I honestly, I was thinking if Joe November was here, he'd go three, five. Uh, I'm going to go 3.76. <laughs> no, I'm going to give it the bump. I'm going to give it the bump to the four. It's weird because this is one of the first four bumps I can't truly explain. I think it's the background and the color. I think. Maybe maybe background and color. I don't know. I just It 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 makes me want to read it. It it's makes action. me want to read the book. And that's yeah. that's a good thing to say about the cover. Definitely not a five. I mean, it's not, it's not a poster I'd hang on my wall, but it's just engaging. We've, we've used that word. I'm going to use mm-hmm. it again. Delvin. I'm with Jared. It's a sneaky four. It's like four. <laughs> it's like I totally understand Jason's three and even agree with it. I'm going to give it a four because I think the cover did what it was supposed to do and that it intrigued me into like even just flipping a casual as a casual observer and I'm flipping, you know, just wanting to get some cheap older comic books. And I saw like, ooh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Let's see what happens in this one. So it enticed me. What do you think, Pat? I agree with you as well, too. It is an attractive cover. If you were flipping through the long boxes, looking for something to grab, you're going to see that cover and you're going to go, oh, this is interesting. I want to grab it and take it home and read it. I'm giving it a four. So that just leaves Jason all alone on three plus island. (laughs) His plus isn't a plus one. So he's just there by himself now. (laughs) It's fitting. (laughs) Now 2020 has left me. Oh. Hey, your Dodgers won. They did. So <laughs> suck it, 2020. It's the best year ever. If you want to join Jason on 3 Plus Island, please let us know in the chat out on Twitterverse or on the Facebook. Let, let him know. Give him some love. He didn't appreciate that right now. Hello, hello. <laughs> and with that, let's go ahead and get to the synopsis for this issue. Brought to you by Delvin. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. title of this book was 24 Hours Till Doomsday. Here's the deal. Spidey and J. Jonah Jameson are chained to a device Spencer Smythe set to detonate 
in 24 hours as revenge because Spencer was about to die and it was his dying wish that they die. Spencer figures good things come to those who wait. Spidey, with Jonah attached, flees the scene in order to look for love. No time for tears. If by love, I mean go find someone help defuse this bomb. That person is Kurt Connors, a.k.a. the Lizard, who really isn't of much help. Police see Spidey enter the building with Jonah, think it's a kidnapping, and take them downtown. The cops and the DA, Tower, were like, I want to spend some time with you. Once that scene is over, Spidey and Jonah flee only to get caught up in another incident completely unrelated with the fly, who really gives it to Spidey since Jonah is chained to his right arm and he's webless. Spidey basically takes a whooping and fakes dead, waiting for the fly to fly off. Goes to show you, good things might come to those who wait. Running out of time, Spidey gets the idea to go back to Smythe's lab. Figuring out a camera attached to the bomb device was also connected to the pressure trigger on the device and uses cryogenics to freeze the computer connected to both, throwing the bomb into the sky at the last second. If you notice, I didn't mention Jonah much because he whined a lot and blamed Spidey. A lot. All of that was undone in the span of 24 hours as Spidey did literally everything he could to save him and inadvertently proved that he didn't kill John Jameson in the process. Jonah is left to admit he is not the man Spidey is, and any other wishes to the contrary is building castles in the sky. Couple of things I forgot to mention. In the melee, Spidey completely left MJ in the dust on the date and blew off the assignment Robbie Robertson stuck his neck out to give him. Both might have consequences next issue when the morning comes, or next issue. Ah, uh, if you didn't get the song, it was... Any guesses that I put in there? It was kind of a tricky song there. The phrases from there was, good things come to those who wait. Look for love, no time for tears. I want to spend some time with you. Building castles in the sky is a good one. And when the morning comes. Yeah, the building castles in the sky, like... Is... That's the two of Yes, the two of of course, Jonah and Spidey were linked together from also uh, just the two of us. Deep, well, Del- done. Deep, well done. Very deep. Very deep, Delvin. I appreciate that. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to the brick or brack for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? Jared. First read. Someone harmonize with me. Jason, harmonize with me. First read. I'll harmonize with you. Hold on, hold on. Go. First read. So that's an official first read from from Jason. Delvin, harmonize. First read. Mother. (laughs) (laughs) Knew he was going to break up the harmony. Oh. Oh, we, we were like boys breaking up the band. We were like boys and men, like came in like Sam Smith. I've been here Oh no. Well I have been here before because I've read this issue. It's a first read for me, but I guess that doesn't matter anymore. Oh, shucks. Someday we'll get there. We'll find it. We'll find that rainbow connection. We'll find that castle in the sky. The yeah, lovers? we'll find that castle in the sky. <laughs> the dreamers? dreamers? And me? And me. And me? <laughs> oh, yeah. All of us. Okay. Under its spell. 
Delvin, take. That's the most like like no one was off timing or whatever. That was amazing in itself. Muppets bring everyone together. Hey, we had forty-eight episodes of practice, Delvin. That's true. (laughs) Forty-eight episodes. Oh, let's get into some high lows or what the. We will start with Jared. All right, I'll throw a high out there. Sure, this whole comic. I'm pulling a pet. This whole comic, this whole story is absolutely a high. It really delivered on what I wanted to see from last issue. We had Jonah handcuffed to Spidey on a timer, time pressure, two guys nipping at each other back and forth. I made allusion to, well, I didn't make allusion. I used the word fled in my cover description. If you've never seen that movie, it's Lawrence Fishburne and Stephen Baldwin, I believe. Stone Mountain, son. Stone, <laughs> you know, they're chained together. And this is very much, you know, the comic version that came out, what, 20 years before Fled came out. And it's just engaging reading. I'm going back to engaging again. It's going to be my theme. Yeah, just no, an I engaging agree. story. Well played. Marv clearly knew what he was doing to give us an entertaining romp of an issue. And I loved it. And I'll leave it at that. And let somebody else expand on it. Dylan. So let's riff off of Jared and talk about some of the things that made it a romp. Like, I think Spider-Man told J. Jonah Jameson to shut up at least five different times. In different ways, yes. And, and, and they were back and forth with each other. And it had a buddy comedy action film feel to it. The mm-hmm. entire issue. And I'm nothing but complimentary about this issue. And it was quintessential Spider-Man. I mean, just from soup to nuts about Spider-Man. I mean, from Spider-Man blowing off appointments in his real life to having a legitimate reason for blowing off those appointments. Because, I mean, could you imagine? Like, you can't even tell. Like, you can't tell anyone the truth. Like, I was literally strapped to a bomb. I couldn't attend this date, Mary Jane. And Mary Jane's like, oh, sure, whatever. So no one would believe him anyway, even if he were able to tell the truth. Just so many fantastic elements in this issue. I loved it. I'm going to pass it to Jason. Yeah, Delvin, I think that Spider-Man would have literally ripped his arm off at some points just to get away from Jameson. (laughs) If he could regenerate it, he would, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That guy. Why didn't he do that? He could have bit his arm off and then had Connors put some regeneration on him. Boy, that would have been a cool story. The regeneration gone wrong like it did with Lizard. What kind of creature would it create out of Spider-Man? Oh, then you had like two arms or something. Many, 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 many years later, he actually literally did turn into a spider. That is true. That is true. Well, I'm going to take a little bit of a different path, though, and focus on Mary Jane. I thought it was really interesting. A couple panels out of the book where they broke away from the action. Mary Jane admits that she's nervous to go see peter again Mm -hmm. and we start to get a little bit of insight under her and why she rejected peter to begin with she is terrified of commitment she's terrified of marriage she loves peter and that Mm -hmm. scares her because of what happened to her parents and what happened most recently to harry and um um help me out was it bed who was it ned and betty ned and betty 
Okay. And because they're Harry and Liz, too. Though. No, no, they're still together. They're still they're together. together. Yeah. yeah. You know, hats off to squeezing that little piece in there, too. I mean, we we kind of, uh, we have our own little rendition of Mary Jane here at the studio, which is largely based off of our interpretation of her flightiness before. But this is a good piece of writing where Marv really delves into why she's behaving the way she does. And it didn't take long, did it? Mm-hmm. That was like... You're talking about three panels, maybe. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well done. Yeah, well done. That is an incredible piece of writing because, yeah, they just hinted that she had that past. And then later in the book, how quickly she rebounded, even though you know she was hurting. She was hurting <laughs> that Pete stood her up. Yep. And, yeah. But, but just snapped out of it and went with uh, what was dude's name? Cliff. Cliff went with Lucky Cliff and Cliff, Cliff probably had a, pick it up what Peter's putting down, man. Yeah, Cliff. Cliff probably had a, a good a good time that he didn't deserve that day, but it was yeah. Yep, he marked it to dry her off. That's right. Keep her warm. Yep. <laughs> Peter decided to leave it. Cliff pulled up quick and retrieved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with you, Jason. On this, it is a great character building issue this was for me. Uh, Not only with Mary Jane, you really got some background and it made me think back more on some of the other things that she was going through through the previous issues, this just build up and build up that they were playing out here. I'm like, wow, that really paid off in three short panels. Yeah. I kind of had a a turn for her thinking, yeah, I can understand her. She's getting a broken heart. She doesn't want it to hurt anymore. But then you have the character moments with Spider-Man his back and forth, you know, you're tied to somebody for 24 hours. The things you see and do and just have to deal with can be interesting. Not to mention, I mean, they didn't eat. Nope. And so they didn't sleep. Yep. So you're starving, you're freaking like sleep deprived for 24 doggone hours. He had to do a lot of the muscling around too. Yep. Well, Spider-Man no slept a little bit. He was knocked out. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. But you have, uh, you know, the other internal stuff that Jonah's dealing with as well going on here. We get a little more background on the fly, why he's doing what he's doing. And I didn't know who the fly was. So I, I didn't I, either. I had a question on, you know, who is the fly? What's his angle? And it, they kind of give some stuff about how he came about in here. So I'm interested to see the next story. I wish I could help you, Pat. I'm a little bit deficient on the fly myself. It looks like he came about in a Spider Man annual. Mm-hmm. And I have not read that annual, so I don't know. Maybe one of you guys who has Marvel Unlimited can go check it out. Challenge accepted. We all know it's going to be Jason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about Surai. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the fly lives for 17 days, eats feces, and <laughs> that's basically a superpower. A little known fact about the fly. So, yeah, I'm kind of interested. He, he kind of made me interested about learning more about him. Let's go ahead and get into round two, and we will start to Jared. You got another high, low, or what the? I'm going to give a low to the fly. All right. I, it just doesn't do it for me. I mean. Come on. It'd be like if you were a superhero. What if he looked you know, like a fly? Uh, maybe. <laughs> they give <laughs> you that weirdness you're No, no, for? it still wouldn't help because here's my main point. If you were a superhero and you were bitten by like a radioactive snake and you were a snake man, and then like your villain was like the mouse. I mean, 
this is the food source for the other the spider and the I fly. I thought the same thing. I was like, don't spiders eat flies? <laughs> like, this is should, this should not be threatened in any way. His costume, actually, it took me a couple of panels to realize he was an, a villain. Because I was like, is he a hero? I thought Because I remembered about this time they had that comic book human fly based off the real life guy. And I was like, is that him? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, there's a reason why I'm not so familiar with this guy. Because it just doesn't make sense. I, I don't know. He's not in Will-O-The-Wisp territory for me, but I, I don't know. I'm just not, it, it's not fueling my engine with the fly. I was thinking about it later on, too, and thought, who would have been a better villain to put in for this role? And Scorpion. I, that's what I thought. This is what I came up with, too. Like, boy, Scorpion would have it's been the same there. origin, too. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, J. Jonah Jameson sure. paid to have him enhanced. But I they guess. already used him, though, a few issues back, right? I think mm-hmm. he got rocked to, like, a hurricane at some point. <clears throat> Did they use him to take out the light? That was Electro. Oh, Electro. Oh. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen Scorpion in a while. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to he think He needs back. to get over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see what you did there. That's funny. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> Delvin, Hilo or what the? Let's talk about Jonah. Yeah, he kind of had uh, his come to Jesus moment there at the end, didn't he? Where I remember reading this and seeing him just flat out admit that he is just not the man Spider-Man is. And that just eats at him. And he has to lower Spider-Man to his level for him to even feel halfway like a man. And I mean, and, and, and to even be a man to spend your time tearing down another man makes you lesser in that pursuit. And just the whole thing was just tragic for uh, Jonah. And it was just those last few panels at the end, I just, I really enjoyed that exposition by him, that Wolfman uh, put on paper. I felt like he was going to turn and finally realize it. And then in that final panel, then he gives the words, but I can't have that. I mean, it just eats me up. And I'm like, whoa, that guy is nasty. Yeah. I mean, you got a lot of Jonah's motivation there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and jealousy can be an ugly, ugly thing. And he just I mean, he admitted it to himself. He never admitted it to Spidey, at least not for a long, 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 long time. And certainly not anytime soon. But even admitting it to himself was an interesting reveal to me. And did he or didn't he? They sure did leave that little cliffhanger. That, that was going to be that was going to be mine. Oh, I won't say anything else. Let's, let's let it keep going. No, well, go ahead. Go ahead. You're- yeah. I was going to say that. That was going to be my next kind of what the moment. They left us wondering, did he peek under the mask? And I, oh, sure. I was I was really wondering at the end, because a couple of things. Number one, I figure at his heart, at his core, J. Jonah Jameson is a newsman. There is nothing on heaven or earth that would have prevented him from lifting that mask. I can think of no reason for him not to have lifted that mask. Number two. For whatever reason, he felt compelled at that point to bring Spider-Man back to Dr. Connors. And maybe it was just self-preservation. I'd like to think there was a part of him that, that at this point is really conflicted. And then number three, as you, you were talking about, Delvin, there was something that really triggered that moment of crisis with him. And I was like, maybe that's like he knows now. And there's a part of him that loves Peter Parker in his own curmudgingly way. And at the same time, hate Spider-Man. And we're seeing this big ball of emotion just come out at the end of the issue. 
And I was left wondering, like Jared said, did he or didn't he look? And I can't think of any reason why he wouldn't have lifted that mask. I'll leave it to you guys. Me neither. I, I Go ahead, Pat. I was going to say, I thought he didn't do it because deep down, Jonah, again, realized what Spider-Man was doing for him all this time. And it got him out of it that he was like, you know what? I'm going to respect him. I'm going to carry him four blocks, get him back to Dr. Connors because Spider-Man seemed to think that this guy can help them out. And that's all he knew. So he did that. I tried to, and you know, I'm going to say, hey, I, you know, play it off as, hey, I did this for you and I got you here. So now you owe me. There was a beautiful moment many years later during the Civil War event where Peter Parker, even though I one million percent disagreed with them doing it. They tried to set it up and frame it as him registering as the ultimate responsibility. And I'm like, "Mm -mm." Peter Parker would never reveal his identity to all of the earth. I'm glad to hear you say that. that He would never do it ever. No way. I always felt that way, but it's good to hear somebody that knows the character as well as you do. Yeah, no, no way would Pete ever endanger the people that he loved that way, ever. But anyway, the the reveal was Peter Parker, you know, was at the press conference and he registered and by registering, he took off the mask and said, you know, I am Peter Parker from, you know, Queens, New York. And (laughs) the next picture was of like J. Jonah Jameson at the Bugle. Just a cigar dropping from his mouth. Like, <laughs> what? It's who? Like, all this time? So I would say that he didn't do it for that reason alone. But that was Chuck's early 2000. Like, so yeah, this is 1979. Would I have thought that J. Jonah Jameson would have done it in 1979? Heck, Yes. Absolutely, because he already tried it. He's like, I'm going to see you. I'm tied to you. I'm going to see who's under that mask. And Spidey was like, don't you do it. I'll knock you out. But Spidey was knocked out. Right. There's nothing to stop him. Nothing but air and opportunity. Yeah, I I think he would have. I think he would have. Or I I should say 1979 me would have thought that J. Jonah Jameson would have taken a beat. What about you, Jared? You've been silent on this. I... Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think Jonah at this point would have, but I also remember that same moment that Delvin mentioned. So I'm like, okay, clearly in 2000 and I think that was five, 2006, he didn't know, but you know, it's comics. There's, there could easily be a retcon between yeah. <laughs> here and there. True. True. So I, I'm, I'm flat out in the middle, man. Flat out in the middle. Not Definitely sure. good writing by Marv to put that in there. Yes. And not. Not put that in there. So I guess we'll have to see how he treats Peter. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only, I'm stretching here. Now I'm thinking the only reason why maybe he wouldn't is because his hatred of Spider-Man is, you know, Spider-Man is kind of like a totem, the thing that he takes out all of his frustrations on. And maybe there's, he came to a realization that knowing too much would destroy that totem. I don't know. It's weak sauce, but I yeah I can't think of any reason why newspaper man J. Jonah Jameson would not have lifted that mask. I just wanted to give one final thing. My thought on it was I love the fight, the long 
lasted out fight between him and the fly. Great action, suspense going on. So really enjoyed it. This I think Spidey owes him a beating. <laughs> oh, definitely. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see that come up. <laughs> Looking forward to that. All right, well, with the highs, lows, and what does out of the way, let's find out the silly Spidey moment for this issue. Jason. Well, I don't think any of us are going to have a hard time uh, finding one here. There were a whole bunch in this comic. I was chuckling all the way through, but I'm going to go with content page eight when Spider-Man's hopping building to building with J. Jonah Jameson underhand and J. Jonah Jameson's yelling at him and Spider-Man says, come on, you can think of something else you want, can't you? And J. Jonah Jameson says, drop dead, Fink. And he says, aha, see how easy it is if you try? I thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) Definitely a good one. There was a lot to choose from. So let's find out what Delvin thought. Since we could take any other banter between Jonah and Spidey, which was very, very good, I'll take an offbeat one. And that would be that the fly could have taken the opportunity to actually check to see if Spider-Man was dead. That's a lazy fly. (laughs) Because he was like, oh, yeah, he fell. He did. Okay. All I got to do is just fly down there and and look. Oh, no, he's he's still breathing. Not anymore. Jared. Going back to my bit. Going back to my bit. You glib-tongued dolt. (laughs) Yeah, I had to save glib-tongued dolt for you. That is like, (laughs) 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 Well, you can put together it. I mean, we we had it all in here, man. We had sweet lips. We had poor face. We had. Flat I'm sure paddle. paddle yeah, I'm, I'm going with them all. I, you know, I found those all lovable and enjoyable. It hit all my marks with you had. We didn't have Chubbums though, man. That's we're missing Chubbums. I don't. Did we officially get a Sweetums either? We got a sweet lips. No Sweetums. We got sweet lips. Yeah, I think that's the new Chuckles. Chuckles. There was a Chuckles. Fathead. And he was complaining about how heavy he was lifting him around. I, yeah. I would have thought that's a perfect Chubbin setup. Mm-hmm. It was definitely. But Another one, like you know, Kingpin was the Chubbins. Yeah, yeah. Kingpin. Another one I like is Spider-Man says to Jameson, "Go blow it out your nose, Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> blow up your pants. Yeah, blow your pants. <laughs> those are all mine. I really enjoyed all those. So I'm I'm taking them all. I'm taking them all. I love the twips. With that out of the way, let's go ahead and get to some ratings for this issue. Just a reminder: it's a one through five. Five, you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Delvin, one through five for this issue. On Last Crusader Chronicles, I said that I was giving it a four. And one of the reasons that I was going to give it a four is because I was pretty sure that the next issue, being this one, was going to be a five. And it was. I think this is quintessential Spider-Man. This was Spider-Man in a life-or-death situation. This is Spider-Man going completely all out to do everything he can in thinking of himself last to find some way to save the day. And it's one of the reasons that even like today, they say that Spider-Man, like, I mean, I think Captain America said it like he's the best of us. And this is one of the reasons why. Because he did everything he could. I mean, you've got a he's tied to a man who hates him more than anything else in the world. And he moved heaven and earth to save him anyway. And that plus any number of the character bills of Mary Jane, Jonah, 
of Robbie, which we didn't get to talk about, and that's going to come mm-hmm. up very soon. Just fantastic issue. Five for me. Jason. Yeah, I came in here fully prepared to give it a strong four. My only criticism was the fly is the villain, and we talked a little bit about that. But having said all that, I can't argue with Delvin's logic at all. This really does have all the elements of Spider-Man in it. And as much as we've talked about it, the highs and lows, we probably could have done two more rounds. There was so much good stuff in this book and so much quintessential Spider-Man stuff. Throw out one more for you. His friends that come together for him to honor him finally getting his graduation from college. And and he has to miss out on that, too. So it's just like, you know. He's having he's having a really bad day as Spider-Man, but still putting it together, putting it on the line for J. Jonah Jameson, who hates him, using his intelligence to figure a way out of the bomb. You know, it was all there. So, you know what? I'm going to give it a five. Same as Delvin. Jared went through five. I'm actually at a three. I'm I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much exactly what Jason said. I was ready to give it a four because of the fly. But yeah. The development they did with the sharp writing of Mary Jane is a good bump up. The absolute romp that ended with a strong emotional moment with Jameson <laughs> and the whole did he, did he not peak? You know, that's a great dangling thread. More so set up, uh-huh. yep. I'm going to go full five and Pat, perhaps everybody could get up now. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. But let me tell you, I think you guys keep saying you don't, you're bumping it up because of the fly. I think the fly was the right character for it because. What it showed was Spider-Man was weak, and so he is getting his butt beat and handed to him by a weaker character. And so that just makes it even worse, as you know what I mean? This guy just kind of slapping you around in front of Jonah. I guess. And so He, he I, does have a point. He does have a point. You put a stronger character to go after Spider-Man when he's weak, you know, to me that doesn't like, okay, well, Spider-Man's weak. Yeah, you're going to beat him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that will make the revenge that much sweeter when Spider-Man can go full tilt on his punk <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. But like you guys said, too, the character moments, the art in this was great, the whole fight scene. It's time for everybody, let's get up now. One, two, three, four, it's a five been too long since we heard that one (laughs) love it love it yeah definitely definitely a great issue like jason said too so much more we could talk about we just don't got the time we need to get on we need to move it on got some daffy duck we gotta talk about yeah Yeah, speaking about bat daffy duck we're gonna talk about that In just a moment, that's going to bring this part of the show to an end. You got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. And we will be right back. Hey, Jared, I have a question. What's up? Well, I've been a part of the Longbox Crusade for about a year and a half now. Yeah? Well, that's not a question, man. I know. I'm getting to it. That was called Build Up. Like I was saying, I've been with the Longbox Crusade and I have gone out and represented the show faithfully. That's still not a question. I'm still building up. I was wondering, could I be a part of the official promo? There's this great promo for the podcast that airs across podcast land and it has Pat Sampson, the founder of the show, you, the art cell artist, and your brother, Jason, a.k.a. Weasel Skull. But it doesn't have me, Delvin Williams, the Dark Web. Could you ask the guys if they would let me be a part of the promotion since you were the one who invited me onto the show? Well, not to be a Mr. Quick to correct, but that was at least two questions. Still, I guess I'll ask. Let me go talk to the guys and you stay here. Okay, great. Thanks, man. 
Hey guys. Hey, what's up, Jared? What's up, Jared? I have a question. Delvin's been with us for like a year and a half. That's not a question. Uh, yeah, I know. It's called build up. Hey, can we finally include him on the promo? It's the least we can do. He doesn't know that we're getting paid yet. And he never will. I mean, do we need him? After all, we already have the Longbox Crusade. And I provide awesome synopsis and insight on Crusader Chronicles. And I host Saturday Matinee Theater and also provide these nuts jokes. Hey, I do that. Me too. So we're fine as it is. What does Delvin do? We should just let him go. Wait, he hosts Transformers Chronicles. You should know that, Pat. You're on that show. So what do you say? Can we keep him? <sighs> fine. Let's do it. Let's do it live. We could have done this with him in the room. It would have made more sense. Why is he outside? I think we were doing a bit. Okay, let's do this. The Longbox Crusade Podcast Network is the place to be if you like deep dives in the comics of yesteryear with the Longbox Crusade. Chronological reading journals with Crusader Chronicles. Indexing forgotten TV shows, films, and serials with Saturday Matinee Theater. Pitting two randomly selected action films against one another in action film face-off. Cataloging the Marvel run of the Transformers comic with Transformers Chronicles. And whatever else the demented minds of Pat, Jared, Jason, and Delvin can come up with. If that sounds like it might be for you, be sure to subscribe to The Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much all reputable podcast feeds. Or check this out directly at www.longboxcrusade.com, where we continue our quest to... Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusaders Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get in on the voting and all the other amazing benefits of being a Longbox Crusaders Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join us for as little as $1 a month and help determine what each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club members selected Daffy Duck, number 121. The credits for this issue were provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics and a few other sites that I had to look up. This was published by Gold Key and also Whitman. Its cover date was April 1979, but its actual on-sale date was February 8th, 1979. Cover price is 40 cents, in line with the Spider-Man comic. Pencils go to Joe Masserly, and cover credits are also Joe Masserly and inks by Tony DiPala. And that's about all I could really find on some of this, being an older comic. Let's go ahead and get to a cover description for Daffy Duck, number 121, from Jared. Can do. The Daffy Duck logo is yellow with black highlights, and it's large and porky. There's your primer. The corner sports a classic gold key corner box. No additional art, and that kind of thing kind of bugs me. Our main action depicts Daffy, looking quite peppy, sitting atop Elmer Flood's birdhouse, expectantly holding out his plate, waiting to be fed. Elmer walks up slowly, not very speedy, with a box of Tweety Bird food, and he's got a shocked look on his face. The badeet, 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 that's all, folks. Reference. <laughs> oh, thank you for that very loony, toony cover description. You Tasmanian. I'll say, well, I say, I do declare. <laughs> that boy's about as sharp as a bag of bowling balls. <laughs> oh, so, we'll see, this will bring so much fun. Let's get to some quick cover thoughts. Jared. It's good cartooning. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Lazy on the backgrounds, but it's a Warner Brothers cartoon comic. So you don't really expect John Byrne or mm -hmm. 
you know, Dave Cockrum, mm-hmm. the flat green background, eh, you know. They're putting this out. Yeah. Putting it out. Yeah. 121 issues. Yeah. It's decent cartooning. You can tell they didn't spend a ton of time on this cover. I mean, the little joke works pretty good with Daffy, you know, being yep. feeling entitled to some bird mix, some yum, yum bird mix. Yum, yum. <laughs> and that's my favorite thing about this cover is when I start my rap career. That's your name? Yum, bird yum mix. bird mix. Oh, yeah. I thought it was just bird mix. No, yum, yum bird mix. Yum, you yum. didn't go by that in college? Uh, for a couple of weeks, I tried it out. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's pretty basic. It's basic Warner Brothers, and that's my thoughts. And I will go to Delvin. I have nothing new or original to add to that at all. Yum, yum, bird mix. <laughs> we call him bird mix a lot. The only time that I'm thinking, like, when, when I hear yum, yum, I, I think about, um crap, what's the Clint Eastwood movie? Uh, Grand Torino. And that's what he called the girl. He called the girl yum, yum. Like, yum, yum. You should be dating yum, yum. No? No, no Grand Torino? Is I it- saw it a while back, but I don't remember it. Just trust me on that. How, how have I watched the movie more than any of you? <laughs> I am never I seen am befuddled. I have it on my server, but I haven't watched it yet. But I, you know, I like Clint Eastwood, so I will get to it. Yeah, I've it's never really seen it. Yet. Good. It is really good. I just don't remember that scene. Pew, pew. Hint, yeah. hint, Rick, I've never <laughs> seen it. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe uh, if uh, Rick is listening, he, he maybe maybe if he hears me in the it. attic. Yeah, maybe he hears you up in the attic. The I'll mic. get the broom and hit the... Hit yeah. the <laughs> All right, let's pass it to Jason. Here's my problem with this cover. It depicts Daffy Duck sitting atop the bird house, eagerly awaiting the bird mix. And yet the content, which we will go into in a little bit... Oh, Jason. The story clearly demonstrates that Daffy does not prefer bird mix. This is the old comic book cover in the story trope. Never... So, I, you know how I don't like it when the cover doesn't tell a faithful rendition of what happens in the story. That's all. Maybe it was just being Daffy. Well, I don't give a duck. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, in that case, in that never mind. mind. Does he like bird mix? Does he not like bird mix? Yeah, he's, <laughs> I, don't I know. need to know. I need to know. Well, maybe you'll have to read more issues and find out. He was even given the opportunity to have that special bird mix, the gourmet bird mix. Now, he's going to turn down the special gourmet bird mix, but he's going to eat this crap out of whatever's in this box that the FUD be putting out? I don't know. I don't think so. Bird mix! (laughs) Yum, 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 yum! I just had to get that out. (laughs) Yum, yum. Yum, yum. Yum, yum, the extended edition. I think, like Jared said, this is just a simple cover. Does its job. Characters that are drawn look just like the characters that you would see on the animation. Great job. Does what it needs to do. So with the cover thoughts out of the way, let's go ahead and get to the cover ratings for this issue. It's a one through five. Is five, you loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. I'm afraid to ask Jason where he stands on it, but let's go ahead and find out. Oh, I'm going to give it a three. I'm just all kidding aside. (laughs) Jared hit the nail right on the head. I mean, it's a good, faithful rendition of the characters. Simple cover, does its job, looks good. Nothing spectacular. So three for me. Jared. Same three. I mean, if I compare it to the Marvel covers, it it would probably be more like a two. But in its own universe of Tony Toons covers, it's a solid three. Delvin. I'm with the fellas. Three. Three. Pat. Well, boys. Come and knock on the door. We're waiting 
for you. With the covers are threes and threes and threes. Threes come for me too. Mix. Bird mix style. Yum yum. Come and knock on a door. Freak nasty bird mix. We've been waiting for you. Freak nasty yum yum. That's that's gonna be my name. Freak nasty yum yum. Fuck that. That's Oh, it's getting late. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, well, with the cover description out of the way, let's go ahead and get to some story synopsises by Jason. This issue actually had four short stories in it. The first story was called The Feathered Firefighter, where Daffy and his trusted dog Cinder are freelancing firefighters. When one of their clients has an alarm go off, Daffy and Cinder rush to investigate. When they arrive, however, they find that the home sprinkler system is activated, but there is no fire. Literally changing hats, Daffy switches to investigation mode and solves the mystery. The chef's flaming fruitcake is the culprit. And our second story is called The Boonie Bird. And Daffy decides to try for a life of luxury by impersonating a rare species known as the Boonie Bird. He quickly discovers that life in the gilded cage is not all that it's cracked up to be when his dinner consists of only rare bird seed. I told you we would get back to this. <laughs> story number yum, th- yum. <laughs> yum, yum. Story number three was called The Teetotalers. Daffy is trying to enjoy the outdoors on a beautiful day. Unfortunately, he has chosen for his respite the water hazard on a popular golf course, and Elmer Fudd is playing through. After taking a pounding from Elmer's wild shots, Daffy decides that the safest place to be is behind Fudd as his caddy. Unfortunately, Daffy's caddying skills are as good as Elmer's golfing prowess, and the two decide upon a compromise. They enjoy a day of mini-golf instead. The last story is The Stunt Duck. Daffy learns that his favorite television show has been canceled after the leading stuntman was injured in an accident. The loyal fan decides to apply as the replacement stunt duck, but the head studio stuntman is having none of it. Attempting to dissuade our hero with dangerous stunts, Daffy nevertheless persists and in a case of last stuntman standing, lands the gig. And that's it. Back to you, Pat. Thank you, Jason, for those great four-story synopsises. I think this is the first time we've had that happen. We've had four. Yeah, I think it is the first time for me, yeah. We've had a two-time story where Spidey was split into two stories. Hmm, okay. Way back in the day, we had, I think it was Longbox Crusade, we had a Superman that was split. Yeah. We had a Metamorpho and some Super Turtle and some yeah. Superman. Yeah, but I didn't switch that. I just yeah, free that's true. We did too. And- <laughs> You <laughs> like Eminem just just freaking. <laughs> All right, well, with the story description out of the way, let's go ahead and get to the bricker brack. And I got a prediction on this one, boys. It might be. <laughs> let's find out. Is it a first read or a reread, Delvin? First read. Jason. First read. Jared. Don't be despicable. It's a first read. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a first read for me too. Woohoo! It's a reedy rainbow. Weedy rainbow. Oh, yay. We had some fun on this one. I like it. 
Butterflies in the sky. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's go get into some high lows or what the duck for this one. And we'll start with Jason. Oh, man. Yeah. There's Daffy. (laughs) Uh, I guess the high is all four of these stories were somewhat entertaining. I liked a couple better than others, but I think that eh, I got a chuckle out of all four of them. So. Uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. man. I can't think of what else to say. Yeah, I mean, it's Daffy. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys, you know, watch a lot of Looney Tunes as a kid? Oh, God, yes. yes. Of yeah. course. Did it bring Still back do, that man. feeling? Of no. It? No. No, it actually didn't. Because I don't like, of course... Those cartoons are from a time where things weren't quite as PC as they are now. And some of those things were off the doggone chain back in the day. And I don't know. I mean, of course, we're in 79 where things are still a little bit, you know, crazy or askew. But I personally just didn't even find this very funny. I didn't find any of them super funny. It was just like, oh, okay, it was all right. Like, unlike, say, the Goofy that we just did over mm-hmm. on Rogue Agents. There were some moments in there where I actually laughed out loud and I thought uh, it was funny. I, like these, these are just kind of, it felt like extended comic strips. And those, and sometimes on comic strips you can laugh, but sometimes comic strips you look and it's just like, oh, huh. and then you like go on to the next one. And that's kind of what it was for me. I just read it was like, and just kept going and it's like, wow, they stretched it. Was this tw- a 22 pager? I think this was only like 17. See, like anytime that it's a 17 pager and it feels like it was a 22 pager, to me, that's a sign that it went a little bit too long. I don't know. Jared, you are Mr. Positivity here. Spread some sunshine, please, sir. Any? (laughs) Well, there's not a lot to work with. It's it's really quite a throwaway thing. I mean, I think if I was four or five years old in 1979, I was three. Yeah, I feel stupid. <laughs> but if I was four or five, sure. I mean, yeah, that's clearly what Gold Key is doing. They're not trying to hit home runs. They're trying to put comic books on a stand to get your 40 cents. <laughs> that's what they're doing. But singles. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, you know, you asked for positivity, so I'll give you a little. I mean, the art was fine all the way through. It was good cartooning. Can't go wrong with that. And I got to tell you, I did perk up a little bit because we do Saturday matinee theater. So when I yeah. saw that oh, Sherlock Holmes hat come up, <laughs> yeah, when he went Sherlock Holmes and it started to be a mystery, I was like, oh, oh, we're solving mysteries. This could be fun. Mm-hmm. They discovered that it was, uh, oh, Jason just read it in the synopsis. Flaming Fruitcake. Yeah, Flaming Fruitcake, which is another nickname of mine from college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't tell us about that one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you got that one. I love the. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Foghorn and Leghorn. Yes. Good job uh, editing that out, Pat. <laughs> I say, Pat, I say, you got a lot to edit there, boy. Boopity boopity boop. Whatever. Yeah, I was wondering what that sound effect was. <laughs> I forgot. Boop, boop. Boop, Oh, my goodness. I'm so ashamed that I, I am entertained. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's my positivity. 
<laughs> oh, man. Well, Jared, you took my high for this one. It was when he put on the Sherlock Holmes hat. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Woo-hoo, it's going to be a fun one. And I'm like, okay. The mystery is really solved really quick because of the fruitcake and the, the waiter holding it up. But, you know, I put myself back in that childlike wonder and, and thought. And I'm, I'm like, okay, if I was a kid back then reading this, not bad. Not bad at all. And you think about these were probably made for little kids to learn how to read simply. Really, the whole storytelling is done through the art itself besides the words that are used. Uh, most of it, I thought, was just really told well through the art. And the art was just spot on again. You know, you, you, you got these iconic characters that you must have to draw and you got to draw them perfectly. And that's what's done. So we'll go around one more time if anybody has any more. high low, not much to say. Uh, I guess I'll just well, add, let me ask it. Oh, go oh, ahead, go. Jason. Uh, I was going to say, I guess I'll just add that I was on social media the other day where lots of great ideas are discussed in intellectual ways. I'm yeah. kidding. But uh, <laughs> somebody had posted an article about, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a writer of the Roadrunner cartoon. And he had a list of 14 rules for the Roadrunner. And the one that I remember that sticks out, it was rule number three. And rule number three said the Roadrunner can quit anytime he wants, or the Coyote can quit anytime he wants to. The Coyote has no real reason to keep going after the Roadrunner. He just does. He can't. It's a compulsion. And the reason why I bring that up is I think about Daffy. And I don't know what the rules for Daffy are, but... The person that wrote this comic didn't follow those rules with Daffy. I did not ever get a sense of Daffy in this comic. In fact, we could have taken the Goofy from that comic that we read last time and put him in all of these stories, and it would have been the same. And I think that's what really bothers me about the issue. It's not necessarily the plot of the story or the fact that we have four short stories. It's the fact that this, to me, never seemed like Daffy Duck. And I will leave it at that. So you're just saying you could have taken Daffy Duck out and put literally any character in there and it would have been the same. Yes. Got it. That's a strong point. I do think you're right. Yeah. I do think he got hit in the head a lot in each of these different ones, too. They just kept going back to that well of getting hit in the head. But let me ask you guys this. Out of the four stories, which one did you like? If you had to pick one of the four stories, and if you were to pick and uh, let's say you're going to, you know, to your kid at night or to family members, younger family members, which one would you tell them? As the host, you have to say oh, something. Oh, I got to yeah. pass it around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. We'll start with Jason. I'm going to go with the teetotalers. I thought that one was was entertaining. I thought it was kind of funny how Daffy was just such a bad caddy. <laughs> that uh, I did chuckle a little bit at those those elements. So I guess story number three, Tito Taylor's for me. Delvin. I, for one, choose the literacy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, GLHG, just give him the alley. Just give him the alley. <laughs> and my laugh was achieved. <laughs> I, I am a happy man. Uh, probably the first one. The first one was, was pretty cute about... You know, him being the fireman and then switching caps and become Sherlock. So I, I, I thought about that one, too. I like the dog. I like Cinder. Yeah, it was cool. Jared? Yeah, I'd go with the first one, too, just because of the Sherlock Holmes connection. I like that one. What about you, Pat? 
I'm going to go with the Sherlock Holmes too. It had me when he put on that hat. I'm like, okay, this is it. I like this one a lot. But uh, my second one, my runner-up was the golf one as well too, because I, I, I played a little golfing back in the day, so got a little love for that game, and I can understand the the frustration that Elma Fudd was having. Four. <laughs> four. <laughs> You're a four. <laughs> All right, well, with that talk out of the way... As short as the comic was, we're going to be short with our comments as well, too. So let's go ahead and get into the ratings for this issue. It's a one through five. Is five, you loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, you just liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. So let's go ahead and find out. Jared, one through five. Again, put in its own little world of Looney Tunes comics. Give it a three. Okay. If you You could, if two was... You know, passable. Yeah, I mean, if I'm stacking it up against Amazing Spider-Man, it's like a two. Yeah. But in its own world of just Looney Tunes comics, I kind of put it in the same vein as an Archie comic. You know, it's just a little time waster. Yeah, it's fine. It's a three. Delvin? You know what? I'm going to give it a three also. I don't I don't want to be a fuddy-duddy about it, you know? And you stupid, and because like I have plenty of room to do that in our text threads. <laughs> <laughs> true, that's very true. I will I will spare the podcast uh, my griping and moaning because like maybe a little, little bit of a uh, child in me needed to be restored today. So I'll, I'll, I'm grateful for that, and I will give it a three. Jason, well, I don't text as much as you do. Or I'm not on the social media as much as you guys are, so I'm going to give it a two. I didn't like it. Daffy Duck is supposed to be kind of a smart. He's supposed to be sarcastic. Kind of the butt of the joke. I didn't get that element of sarcasm, that lovable wit about him. Like I said, he could have just been replaced by any character in this comic. And, you know, if you're going to go into the Looney Tune world, you got to be faithful to the characters. And I just don't feel like that was the case in this one. So I will be the fuddy-duddy and give it a two. Fair enough. I will give it a three. I'm bumping it up for the nostalgic feel that it gave me. Kind of made me want to go and watch some more Looney Tunes just to get that feeling back again. I will say that the Looney Tunes show, the one that's called the Looney Tunes show that came out about 10 years ago, that is good stuff, by the way. <laughs> I highly recommend it to everybody. I haven't it? seen it. Yeah. Was it funny? What's that? Was it funny? Oh, it was very funny. Like, it's more episodic. Each show has its as an actual, you know, 20-something minute storyline. They always include some music video that the music videos themselves are worth the price of admission. The comedy is really sharp. It's one of those things where, you know, they're writing shows for adults to watch with their kids. It's that entertaining. So, yes, the Looney Tunes show. I want to say it came out about 10 years ago. Uh, totally worth your time and effort. Yeah. And, you know, that's probably a good comparison is that the animation had a little more adulty feel, kind of adulty humor, that off kind of humor in it as well, too, where this is definitely comic is geared for the kid uh, aside of it. So maybe that's what just threw it out, threw me off a little bit on it. We shouldn't forget uh, this was Gold Key. We it's did a crusade miss with Gold Key. We did. That was the um, Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows. Dark yeah. Shadows. Give it away yet. That's it. Oh, I'm, I mean, it hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Yes. We it recorded was, it almost a year ago. But it was, uh, do, do that sound effect year? again, Pat. Wait, that was this year? That wasn't last year? No, wait. No, you're right. That was last year. 
Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, we're good. Let it we're go. Good. Okay. I will now regale you with one of my favorite jokes from the Looney Tunes show. The first time they introduce a new character, Daffy Duck's girlfriend, and the first time she rolls up in a car, Porky's sitting on the sidewalk. She says, "What's up, Porky?" And he goes, "How'd you know my name?" She goes, "I didn't. I just guessed." <laughs> all right well i think with that that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show you got a comment or a question send us an email at contact at lawboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the twitter instagram or facebook page we will be right back the time is out of joint the time is out of joint the time is out of joint The year is 1994, or 1944, or maybe 2994. Time is under threat, and history is falling apart. Who will survive this crisis, and how will history be changed for those that do? Zero Hour Strikes takes you back to that DC Comics crossover and covers the entire story, issue by issue, tie-in by tie-in, as the DC Universe goes down to zero. Join Bass and Siskoid at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on iTunes, Zero Hour Strikes, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Remember, Legion. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We're thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusader Squad members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, yumyum.com. No, no, no. I actually don't go looking up that. Who knows what you will find? Look for instead, theyardsaleartist.com. Early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content, a quarterly newsletter, and so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. We will start off with Angelica Wolf. Ow. Anthony from TFU. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Bob Buster. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. David Collins, a.k.a. Battlewagon. The Duchess. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven, every minute of it. Oh, they don't Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Don't squeeze the Jim German. Joe Thomas. John Watson. War Eagle John. John and Maggie. In the rain. Jose Poyo. Josh the Principal Strickland. Slackers. The mighty Mark Hatherley. Bang, bang. Maxwell Traver. Silver Hammer came down upon his head. What? It's the Beatles. Right. All right. <laughs> Maxwell Silver Hammer? Come on. Nobody? Nope. Miranda W. Paul Hicks. <laughs> it's a sweet one. So fancy. Rick from Jeff and Rick present. Rob Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Manny. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Timmy. Tim Price, come on down. The Toronto Cop. And one-time donor, Brad Morin. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind, we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. No worries, though. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com, and we will get it straightened out. 
As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short or just our ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. We are going to be talking about the likes, shares, and retweets concerning Crusader Chronicles episode 46 from December 1978, where we covered Amazing Spider-Man 190 and Star Wars 21. I will start us off. We keep leaving our wild with this man, Al Sedano. We got to get it. Got to get it. We got to get it. Got to. Edward Taylor. Andrew Morris. And Helica Fetty Wolf. Arminius Patterson Sr. That sounds like a distinguished gentleman. That does sound like a distinguished gentleman. Benjamin Reese. Carl Johnson. Chris Lydon. Chris at BTO and Bad Boys. Let it roll. Christopher Calloway. I wish I was rich. Christopher Ouellette. Glenn Robinson. And his blog, Coffee and Comics. Comic Reflections. Hmm. Hmm. Craig Lovelace. Damon Hayward. Danilo Dulay. The Dame Deborah Smith. Derek Malcolm. He's right there in the middle. Desi LaSalle. Just no maybe. Doctor Strange. Donald Reynosa. Dustin Stab. Fan Film Fridays Podcast. Foster H. Coker, the third, also a distinguished name, possibly an Alabama fan. Francesco Vanagoli. Gary Mooney. Gene Hendricks. Gerardo Huizar Aguilar. Green Lantern HD. Hal Jordan. Did we take out an ad in the Wall Street Journal or something? <laughs> no, there is. There was like over 70 people that. No, I'm talking about these classy names. Oh. Howard Vance Harrell III. Ian Warren. Ivan Chudley. James Charles Huntley. Jay Thurston. Jim Sasser. John D. Knoll. Jonathan O'Neill. Keith Knox. Chris Cram. We'll make you jump, jump. jump. <laughs> Lee Shepard. Mallory Brown. Manuel Cañete Mendoza. Matt Large. Max Reads Comics. Max Traver. Michael Allen Carlisle. Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac. Oh my God. Mike Chamberlain. Oscar Ivan Mina. Peter Cameron. Philip O. Philip Packer. Ray Majewski. Rick Anderson. Rick Heineken. Robert Charles. Russ Sauer. Ruth Sutherland. Scott D. Gladfelter. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Serena Krozik. Bookie Waffles. Stephen Watkins. T.C. Ilger Simsetin Tutumlu. The Bat Pod. Toby Finch. Tomb Priest. Tommy Clark. Give me a beat. Well, there ain't no pecking like the unpacking power of the unpacking power of the power pack. Because it don't stop and it won't stop because you can't stop the power of the pack.
Word. We get better every time. <laughs> we do. <laughs> That's a bouncy beat. I like that. I, I like that beat, too. Thank you. Thank you. You were going with the flow, too, Pat. Mad respect. Thanks. I had to feel it for a little bit, and then I got it. Bernard Jeffries. Zachary Carter. We will move on to social media comments, and I will pick one from GLHG because he always comments and we always appreciate it. He says, oh, such a great episode, guys. I remember reading 190. It belonged to my friend, and sadly, two months ago, he had a pipe broke and damaged his collection. Over 35 years of collecting ruined. It saddened me because I read about 50% of Spidey through that collection. Anyone else want to take part two? Sure, I'll jump on. He goes on to say, later on when Batman the Animated Series came on, they showed me now favorite episode where Bat fights a man wolf. And it reminded me of ASM 190, easily one of my favorite Spidey issues. Plus, I got to learn not to mention Luke's yellow lightsaber around Jared. I'll pick it up from there. That's yeah, a good that's idea. That's a good segue. Mm-hmm. In his final comments, he's in finally the trophy. I have to give it to yard sale artists for making me choke on this pizza with a funny comment that I made. Jared, <laughs> Jared it, it did not say yard sale artists. Moving yeah, on. It said yard sale. Weasel skull. Oh, I'll try. I'll read it again. Finally, the trophy. I have to give it to Weasel Skulls, brother, for almost making me choke on my pizza <laughs> with the witty comments. Jared, it, it did not say brother. It, it just said Weasel skull. We're going to move on. I need to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I'll follow it up with the last comment here that we have from Matt Large. And he says, I have this one sign. Send us a picture of it, too, with its sign. Very cool. Keith Pollard's signature there. Matt Large is living. um, Living large. That's it. it. (laughs) He is living large. Very well done. (laughs) Very well done. And thank you to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We really Truly appreciate your friendship and your help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jarrett, Jason, and Delvin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the interwebs. Delvin. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Jared. I'm at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parlor, and YouTube. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. And at OnlyFans, I am Flaming Fruitcake. <laughs> Again, please, <laughs> just spare us the details. Pat. Well, Jared, I am glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win in some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing a Livestream on YouTube the second Sunday of every month at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Check out the Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so we will get reminder notifications of when we go live. We don't get reminded notifications. Oh. <laughs> they get reminded notifications. <laughs> well, in all fairness, Pat does often need a reminder notification. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sick burn. Sick burn. <laughs> 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 oh, someone's getting, I'm going to get you with my yellow lightsaber now. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. 
You got a comment or a question, email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to Intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J O S E F L I M 99. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. I need to listen to even though our. The last one, the the last Chronicles, it was like seven minutes long because <laughs> we sang. Yeah, it was. That was the one where my wife was listening while I was in the shower. She's like, what are y'all? Is that what you do? You just go back there and sing? I, I could do that. I want to be on an episode. I want to carry yeah, it. You could have came and talked about Daffy Duck. All right. Let me get you do script. what you got to do. Me ain't got to mess around this podcast. podcast. What, what? This podcast. Mm. Here we go. You ever notice now, like when I go uh, on mute, my camera goes bloop, bloop. No. Bloop, bloop, it does. What's that sound? Bloop, bloop, bloop. Oh. I noticed that when we recorded Transform, that my camera, mine doesn't. It, we don't hear no bloop, bloop. I, I, there's no. Oh, bloop. dude, does the video go in and out? No. Hmm. That's just me, me. Never mind. Bloop, bloop. Bloop, bloop. Good God. That's the new bleep out. Bloop, bloop. Bloop, bloop. Oh, wait. Bloop, bloop. The two are on mute. I'm on mute now. Okay, here we go. Hey, three, two, bloop, bloop, one. Oh, wait. Wrong one. Wrong show. Wrong, wrong show. show. It's a show. Also, wrong show. We should like, do like a ma- ma- mix up of like all the. It's a show. You're the DJ. Yeah, then I gotta edit something again. <laughs> well, you can read along with us in the Spinch. And with that, let's go ahead and get to the synopsis for this issue. Brought to you by Delvin. Let's do it. While attending a blah 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 blah. All right. Again. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man theme, Spider-Man theme. I don't know which one Pat's going to pick. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm going to take a break to watch TV during the recording. <laughs>
Are we boring you, Weasel Skull? <laughs> Do I bore you? Do our conversations bore you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go for it. Wah, 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 wah. I'm going to get some water real quick, gents. I will be right back myself. Be right, right back. All right. I'll take advantage of that. Do the same. Well, everybody get up now. One, two, three. Where are you going? All right. Well, then I'll just record my part here. Everybody left me. I'm all alone. Poor me. I'm the only one here. Where did everybody go? I don't know. Guess it's just me alone. It's Ross. What? I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, oh, God damn it. He got it. Leave it alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Yeah, go back in, in your annals <laughs> and, uh, you know, pick a book that you want to talk about. All right. Hold on. I'll be right back. I have to do it now. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be here when he gets back. Uh, <laughs> okay, see you guys later. Bye. With the kids moving on, we took uh, my son to college. We took my son to a college visit. You see, a college that was so exquisite. It was a school day. I knew they were there. It was the first semester of the school year. Yeah. I went to a gate to ask where was a dorm. This guy made me fill out a visitor's form. He told me where it was, and I was on my way. To see my baby doll, I was happy to say. I robbed in front of the dormitory. Yo, could you tell me where is door three? They showed me where it was for the moment. I didn't know I was in for such an event. So I came to a room and opened the door. Oh, snap! Guess what I saw? I felt a tongue kissing my girl in the mouth. I was so in shock, my heart went down south. So please listen to the message that I sent. Don't ever talk to a girl who says she just has a friend. Has a friend. Has a friend.